hands to the Most High God and begin to bless His holy name. Give Him glory, give Him honor, give Him adoration. Bless Him that you are seeing the second half of this year. Give Him glory for January, for February, for March, for April, for May, for June. Bless his holy name that thus far he has helped you. The one who has brought you to the second half of this year is able to see you through the whole year. Praise him. Adore him. Magnify his holy name. Praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Worship him. Glorify his holy name. Praise him from the bottom of your heart. Magnify his holy name. He's worthy. It's worthy to be praised. It's worthy to be praised. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we worship. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be thy name. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be thy name. Blessed be thy name, oh Lord, blessed be thy name, blessed be thy name, hallelujah, blessed be thy name.
King of kings and Lord of lords, the Ancient of days, our maker, our provider, our healer, our redeemer, our joy, our strength, our friend, our help, our hope, our future, our all in all, our greatness. Glory be to your holy name. Thank you for January, Lord. Thank you for February. Thank you for March. Thank you for April. Thank you for May. Thank you for June. Thank you for July. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Tonight, in a very, very special way, visit your children. Everything standing between us and greatness destroyed tonight. The purpose for which you created us fulfilled tonight. All over the world where your children are listening now, my Father and my God, I ask that your Holy Spirit will come down and do something new in all our lives. By the time the sun rises tomorrow, Father, let every one of us sing a new song. Thank you, Almighty. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. And let somebody shout hallelujah. She came with one or two ambassadors of Christ and said, Your Excellency, God will make you great. My Father, my God, I want to thank you for your children born in the seventh month of the year. We all know that seven is the number for perfection. And so, Lord, I decree concerning all these your children, everything pertaining to them, make it perfect. Give them perfect health, perfect joy, perfect success. Perfect anointing and perfect greatness. Give them a new beginning, Lord. A new beginning of everything that is glorious. Let it be well with them. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Well, children of July, shout hallelujah. God bless you, you may be seated. Next month, 
is our convention. And the convention is from the 5th of August to the 11th. The theme of the convention is, And God Said. Now people have asked me, what kind of theme is that? What was it that God said? Well, the first time God spoke, he said, let there be light. And there was light. So you come to this convention, darkness will leave you alone. The first time he spoke directly to man, he said, be blessed. You come to this convention, you will be blessed. He said, be fruitful. You come to this convention, all your fruitless efforts will be over. He said, multiply. You come to this convention, your addition will become multiplication. He said, have dominion. You come to this convention, physically you will have dominion. Materially you will have dominion. Spiritually you will have dominion. Oh, he said several other things. He said you will be head. You will not be tail. You will be above. You will not be beneath. He said every weapon formed against you, none of them shall prosper. I can go on and on and on. So you discover, and God said, it's a theme like none before. This year's convention is going to be a, con- a convention the kind you have never seen before. It's going to be a mighty prophetic convention from the, the number one to the end. He said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You come to this convention, you will never weep again. So don't come alone, because he also said, you must love your neighbor like yourself. So bring your friends and come very early. It's going to be powerful from day number one to the end. And because of the convention, there will be no Holy Ghost service the first Friday. The Holy Ghost service will be during the convention, which will be on the 9th. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing you at this extremely glorious convention between 5th and 11th of August. Glory be to God. Now because I don't know exactly how 
tonight is going to end. I know it's going to end gloriously, beautifully. I, I, I better make sure I clear the grounds of everything so that I don't forget any before we start. Let me, let me straight away just pray for all of you who are disciples. Those of you who have been in the school of disciples before, those of you who are in the school of disciples right now. So stand on your feet. If you are a disciple, old or present, let me pray for you straight away. My Father, my God, you made a promise concerning all your disciples. You said the works that you did, they shall do also. And greater works than these shall they do. I commit all your disciples into your hands. Beginning from now, the anointing to do wonders release unto them in Jesus' name. The anointing to raise the dead. The anointing to make the blind see. The anointing to make the lame walk. The anointing to move mountains. The anointing for greatness. Father, pour it upon them today. From this moment onward, when the devil sees any of these your children, let the devil run. And let them serve you to the very end. Let them do greater works than you ever did. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let me hear a disciple kind of hallelujah. Ah, okay. Just one little thing more. One or two. Just want to clear the ground before we begin to move. Please don't stop praying for Nigeria. Keep on crying to God for mercy. I'm going to I'm going to reveal a little secret to you. Why you must keep on crying to God for mercy. Particularly so that the shedding of innocent blood in this nation can end immediately. You see, blood is a very powerful thing. Very, very powerful. The Bible says the life of the animal is in the blood. So the blood is powerful. And it speaks. It has a voice. So when you shed blood, when you shed innocent blood, the blood speaks from the earth. And there's something many people don't know. When the ground of a nation 
become saturated with the blood of the innocent. The ground responds by producing a plague. I'll give you just one illustration. When the ground of, shall we just say, take just one nation, Sierra Leone, became saturated with the blood of the innocent. Plague came called Ebola. I'm sure you remember. Hmm. Now, somebody then came and brought that Ebola to Nigeria. And he brought it at the time of our convention. So, so you probably will remember. And people had already come by the thousands from Africa, all over Africa. They were already here for the ministers' conference leading to the convention. And all the governments in the, around, they panicked. They wrote to me, what are we going to do? These people are here among your people. I ran to God. Daddy, help me. What do I do? If there should be a single case of Ebola in this place, during convention, we are finished. Because it will then be carried to the whole world. And Daddy told me one thing. And I'm telling you this now so that we we'll know why you must pray. Oh, he said, no problem, my son. I will stop the Ebola in Nigeria. He said, because the cup of Nigeria is not yet full. And you know, within two weeks, Ebola vanished from Nigeria. Because at that time, the cup of Nigeria is not yet full. Hmm. That's why I've I've been crying to you, I've been telling you, for almost a year now, please pray that God will have mercy on Nigeria so that this bloodshed can end before our cup is full. That's why. So when... Okay. I think we better stand and just even, even if it's only for two minutes, let's cry to the almighty God and say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, stop this bloodshed. Go ahead, cry to the almighty God. Cry to the almighty God.
Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us, Daddy. Help us. Let this bloodshed end. Help us, Lord. 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 Stop the bloodshed. Almighty God, stop the bloodshed. Stop the bloodshed. Stop the bloodshed. Father, stop the bloodshed. Stop the bloodshed, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, glory be to God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. So shall it be in Jesus' name. So keep praying for mercy. Keep praying for divine intervention. Then, I don't want to comment on some happenings. You know, I've always told you when people say, why don't you talk? Why don't you talk? I say, I'm under authority. The Redeemed Christian Church of God belongs to Cain, and we belong to PFL. And in Cain, we have a president. In PFL, we have a president. Whatever they say, that's what I've said. That's why I keep my mouth shut. But I feel compelled to say some things. To those of us who are to those who are young and upcoming ministers of God. And everything I'm going to say is from the Bible. So if you want to criticize what I have said, you have to criticize the Bible. Number one, it is written. There is nothing hid that shall not come to the open. Mark chapter 4. Verse 22. Mark 4, 22. It doesn't matter how long you think you've done something and it's covered that it will never come to the open, then you can go and throw away your Bible. Because the one who said so, the one who said there's nothing here that will not come to the open, is the truth himself, Jesus Christ. They are being of grace. Because there are some of us who think that somebody like me, they say we are old-fashioned. I agree. I'm old-fashioned. I'm old-fashioned because Jesus is old-fashioned. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. God the Father is old-fashioned. The same dress, 
which he had been wearing before the foundation of the earth is what he is still wearing today. God is not fashionable. He only wears light. Nothing hid. Nothing hid that would not be made manifest. Two. Sooner or later, according to Numbers chapter 32, verse 23, Numbers 32, verse 23, sooner or later, your sin will find you out. Be sure, that's what the Bible says, your sin will find you out. Oh, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus will wash away all your sins. But after you gave your life to Jesus, you continue in sin under the guise of grace. As the Lord lives, your sin will find you out. Which brings me to number three. I'm advising all the young ones. The Bible says you must abstain from every appearance of evil. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-two. First Thessalonians five, twenty-two. The elders say, they want to burn you. You rub yourself with oil and you sat near fire. You've made the job easy. The Bible, I mean, the elders, African elders, not me, I'm, I'm a young boy. The elders say they are calling you a thief and you are playing with the child of a goat. I hope you understand. The elders say what you are not going to eat, don't smell. Avoid every appearance of evil. Avoid it. Just one more point. And then I'll go to what we want to discuss today. The Bible says, if the devil comes to you face to face, to fight you. He says, stand and fight. Receive the devil and he will flee from you. Mm. But according to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, he said, when you find yourself facing youthful loss, 
temptation. He said, don't wait to fight. Flee. You know the meaning of flee? Flee means run as in terror. When you see a sister smiling at you, in a koi koi way, run. Run. As in terror. Don't say, nah, nah. I'm a great man of God. I'm highly anointed. Uh, ask Samson. I know you will say, he has come again. He's an old-fashioned man. I agree. That's what they called me when I said, I will never have a private secretary with a woman. No, private secretary has to be a man. Hey, because, listen to me, my brothers, when a woman accuses you of something, Nobody is going to listen to you. Nobody. They will listen to the woman. When you say, where is witness? Sister will say, do they invite people to such things? You say, ah, how can it be me? Everybody will say, how come it is you that she has mentioned? Of all the men, I am old-fashioned. But I was ordained in 1975, and I'm still surviving. It is better to be old-fashioned and live than to be modern and die. Why do I hear somebody shout hallelujah? I've not said anything. <laughs> Only the Bible has been speaking. Luke chapter 1. Tell your neighbor it's going to be great tonight. Luke chapter 1, from verse 26 to 33. Luke 1, 26 to 33. And while you are opening your Bibles, I want to give glory to the Almighty God for my son who spoke before me. That was great. Uh, let's give the Lord a mighty hand for that very beautiful presentation. Uh, and, and, and I want you to give another big hand to the Almighty God for the choir. The... They did a great job tonight. Thank you, choir. Oh, Lord. Luke 1. 
<laughs> I understand. <laughs> Luke 1, 26 to 33. And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. My son who spoke before me had given you a very beautiful presentation on the Lord Jesus Christ. I will only add just a little to what he had said. But as usual, let us begin with those of us who might not yet be truly born again. Long before your birth, every one of us here present, God had decreed greatness for you. It's a decree. Like I said earlier, when he was speaking in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the first time he spoke to our forefathers, he said, be blessed, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Can't be greater than that. And when God speaks, it is done. Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9. Psalm 33, verses 8 and 9. Then the whole earth fell before him. Why? He spake and it is done. Because it's not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19. So before we were born, God had decreed that we should be great. And according to Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 11, Isaiah 55, verse 10 to 11, he said, His word will not return to him void. In Mark chapter 13, verse 31, Mark 13, verse 31, he said, even if heaven and earth should pass away, his word will not pass away. So everyone born into this world can go right back to that original pronouncement of God and claim greatness. 
However, not all people who are born great become great. Oh, the Bible is full of several examples of those who were born great, but they never became great. For example, Cain, Genesis chapter 4 from verse 1 to 14. Genesis 4 from verse 1 to 14. He was the firstborn of the human race. If anybody deserved to be great, Cain deserved to be great. But at the end of his life, he ended up a vagabond. He was born to be great, but he ended up a vagabond. Another example are the children of Eli. Their father was a high priest of Mosai God. And God has said, God himself said to Eli, that his household will forever be a household of priests. But then the children of Eli began to behave in a certain manner that caused the almighty God who speaks and is done to say in 1 Samuel chapter 2 from verse 30 to 36 1 Samuel 2 30 to 36, he said, I said indeed. God said, I'm the one who said so. I didn't send a prophet. To you, Eli, that you, your father's house, shall stand before me forever. He said, but now I say, be it far from me. He said, I changed my mind. I'm the almighty God. I'm sovereign. I said it. I say, I don't say it anymore. Hmm. May I pray for somebody here today? Every good thing that God has promised you will not be cancelled. God went further to say to Eli, He said, A day is coming. That anyone who is of the lineage of, of, of Eli will be going to pastors to beg for bread. They were the people who were supposed to be the one in charge. Because God said, those who honor me, I will honor. Let me give you another example. Take this man called Gehazi. One of the biggest losers in the world. He became the private secretary of Elisha. You know Elisha. <laughs> he was an extremely powerful man of God. We'll probably talk a little more about him later. Why? Because he got a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. And by divine arrangement, Gehazi ended up becoming his servant. 
in line to collect a double portion of the spirit of Elisha. But he blew it. Second Kings chapter 5, from verse 20 to 27. Second Kings 5, 20 to 27. He ended up becoming the patron saints of lepers. Now let me take, give just one more example. Judas, Judas Iscariot. That's the number one loser of the whole world. Acts chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. Acts 1, 15 to 20. Peter said, Concerning Judas Iscariot, he said, This man was with us. He obtained the same ministry with us. He cast out demons. He performed miracles. But he ended up committing suicide. What do all these people have in common? Sin. That's all. You see, the Bible says in Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, it says, The hand of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is he heavy that he cannot hear. He said, But sin, sin, sin can separate between you and your God. Oh, take the example of a young man called Joseph in Genesis chapter 39. You can read his story there. Joseph was born to be great. God showed him while he was still young that every member of his family would come and bow down before him. The brethren became angry. It's not going to happen. They said they would kill him before they see it happening. And God moved him from one step to another. He sold him into slavery. He got to the house of Potiphar and was doing wonderful there. And one day the wife of Potiphar looked at him and said, Ah, this handsome young man. Come and lay with me. Know what Joseph said? How can I do this thing and sin against God? He said to the woman, don't truncate my destiny. Listen to me, those of you who are still living in sin. You are born to be great. But you may never become great unless you get rid of sin in your life. The beauty of it is, the word of God says, in 1 John chapter 1 verse 7, 1 John chapter 1 verse 7, the blood of Jesus Christ is and cleanses from all sins. All sins. So when you come to Jesus, and his blood washes away your sins, then your way to greatness is open. 
But if you refuse to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to continue in your sin, you will only be hearing of greatness. You won't make it. We'll tell you a story. I won't mention names. You put two and two together, you may get the answer. One great, humanly speaking, man in Nigeria was pursuing a particular project. And I was minding my own business, small boy, minding his own business. And God spoke to me and said, so, 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 wants to become so, 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 it can only be if he will surrender his life to me. I said, what do you want me to do about it? He said, tell him. How will I be able to tell him I can't reach him? He said, I know, but you can reach those who can reach him. Ah, okay. So I told somebody that I know can reach him. And they reached him. And they told him what I said. You know what he said? He said, that would be difficult. I said, fine. I've done my assignment. He touched the goal, but he never got it. He saw the throne, but he never sat on it. Sin is an insulator, can block your way to greatness. So if you are here tonight and you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, and you want the blood of Jesus to wash away your sins so that your way to greatness can be open. Run and come and stand before me. I will cry to the Almighty God for you to save your soul, to wash away your sins, and then your way to greatness will be open. I'm counting now. One. You are born to be great. But sin can block the way, and there's only one remedy for sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sins. You come to him, he will wash you clean, and your way to greatness will be open. Six. Amen. Well, those of you already in front, and those of you are on the way, Cry to the Almighty God and say, Lord Jesus, save my soul, save my soul. Have mercy on me. Let your blood wash away my sins. I will serve you for the rest of my life. Wash me clean, Lord, and become my Lord and my Savior. Talk to him in your own language. And the rest of us, please let's stretch our hands towards these our new brothers and sisters and intercede for them. Pray that the one who saved your soul will save their own souls also. Cry to God for them. Pray that the blood of Jesus Christ will wash them clean. 
intercede for them. Today is your day of salvation. Tomorrow might be too late. Come now. Let the blood of Jesus wash away your sins and open the door to your greatness. Let's intercede for them for one more minute and then I will pray. Pray that God will have mercy on them, that we will forgive all their sins, that He will give them a brand new beginning. that all things may become new for them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. My Father, my God, I just want to say thank you for your word. And I want to thank you for these people who have come forward to surrender their lives to you. Father, please receive them in Jesus' name. Let your blood wipe away all their sins, save their souls, write their names in the book of life, receive them into the family of God. And Father, I'm praying that beginning from now, anytime they call on you, you will answer them by fire. Thank you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Now, those of you who have come forward, I want to rejoice with you because from now on, by the grace of God, I'll be praying for you. So I'm going to need your names, your address, and your prayer request. Congratulations. A man called William Shakespeare wrote in one of his plays. He said, Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness trust upon them. I repeat, some are born great. Some achieve greatness. That is, they become great as a result of their own efforts. And some have greatness trust upon them. They were not preparing for greatness, but circumstances took greatness and landed it on them. And you will find all these categories in the Bible. Let's start with those who were born great. Jacob before he was born at all. In Romans chapter 9, from verse 10 to 13. Romans 9, 10 to 13. 
The Bible says when the mother was pregnant and there were twins in the womb. Two children of the same mother in the womb at the same time. They haven't done good or bad. They were not yet born. But God had already said the elder will serve the younger. He said because Jacob I love, Esau I hate. When we talk about being born great, the elders, the African elders, they have a proverb. They say the elephant never gives birth to a dwarf. They say the child of an elephant will be like an elephant. The day the child of an elephant is born, it's already bigger than a goat. Born great. The day the child of a lion is born, a king is born. Oh, it may look small. <laughs> you may even be able to play with it if the mother is not around. But a king is born. Before Samson was born, in Judges chapter 13, from verse 2 to 5, Judges 13, 2 to 5, God had already said, a deliverer is about to be born. By the time Solomon was born, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24 to 25, 2 Samuel 12, verse 24 to 25, the Bible said, the moment Solomon landed in this world, God loved him. So it's no wonder that he ended up being great. He was loved even before he landed. And do you know the reason you have survived to this day? That all the efforts of the enemies to kill you in your mother's womb, kill you the moment you landed, kill you while you were in primary school, etc., etc. Et the reason you survived it all is because God loves you. And because he loves you, the Bible says you are more than a conqueror. You are born to be great. And then he said some people achieve greatness. And we can have one or two examples very quickly. I will try and be as brief as possible. But there's a lot to be said tonight. Elijah. Elijah wasn't born great. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, 1 Kings 17, verse 1, the Bible said, Elijah the Tishbite 
of the inhabitants of Gilead, they didn't mention his father's name. Because his father's name didn't mean anything. He was born a nobody. Ah, but <laughs> before Elijah died, he became a terror to a king. So you know the story. Second King chapter twenty one from verse sixteen to twenty seven will do. Second Kings two twenty one. Second sorry, first Kings chapter twenty one. First Kings chapter twenty one from verse sixteen to twenty seven. When King Ahab saw Elijah come, he said, ha, You found me, my enemy. He said, I have found you. He was born a nobody, but several times he called down fire from heaven. He called down fire from heaven. He achieved greatness. There was a man of God. Many of you will know him. When he was born, he was so sickly that at a stage, the mother got fed up with him and went and dropped him on the dunghill. If you want to die, stop giving me trouble. After three days, he said, baby, the mother went to find out, is he already dead as dogs finished him? And found that he was still breathing. Ah, okay. So she took him back home. Some of you don't know who I'm talking about. Is the late Archbishop Benson Idahosa. He shook the world, the gospel world. Shook the word for Jesus Christ. He achieved greatness. Oh, you consider David. David was an unwanted child. You know his story. The day they wanted to anoint king in his father's house, they didn't even bring him forward. But... Uh, <laughs> a day came... After he had finished lions, finished bear, finished Goliath, long after he died, a day came when Jesus was passing by. And Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, he achieved greatness. Let me decree to somebody here tonight. That in the name that's above every other name, you will achieve greatness. <laughs> and then the Bible said, I mean, the, the Shakespeare said, there are some who have greatness trust upon them. They weren't looking for it. It was greatness that pursued them and overtook them. And I give you just two examples. Elisha. Elisha was minding his own business as a farmer. First King chapter 19 from verse 19 to 21. First King 19 from verse 19 to 21. 
when all of a sudden a prophet was passing by and threw his mantle upon him. Elisha wasn't asking for greatness. The greatness was trust upon him. I'm talking of a man who became so powerful that when a king wanted to arrest him, he sent a whole army. And the army came and Elisha arrested them. <laughs> he arrested the army. You want to read about Elisha? Get my book, Arresting the Arresters. It tells you the story about Elisha. What about Peter? It's another example. He was a fisherman. All he wanted to be in life was a fisherman. But then one day, Jesus stepped into his boat and changed his story. In the name that's above every other name, Jesus will step into your boat tonight. He had greatness, trust upon him. I wasn't planning to be pastor. Pastor. <laughs> if the day I got born again, somebody told me I was going to become a pastor, I would have basled immediately without any doubt at all. When my father in the Lord finally told me a couple of years later that I was going to be ordained a pastor, my wife and I, we fasted for 14 days, praying to God that it will not happen. 14 days. Who wanted to be a pastor? But then, after I told you the story that once upon a time I went to a nation and uh, somehow I, I managed to see the president on Monday morning and he was supposed to see me for 15 minutes two hours later we were still drinking tea and talking and he was supposed to be having a cabinet meeting and one of his ministers said who is this fellow that is keeping the president busy on Monday morning and they say he's a pastor from Nigeria. He said, Pastor, he's not even a bishop. <laughs> Let me decree to somebody today you will be great. <laughs> the Bible says, When you become born again, all Things change. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen. Second Corinthians five, verse seventeen said, "Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new." You know the meaning of that. Even if you were not born again before, I mean, if you were not born great before, the moment. You surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Everything 
will change. You become born great. Why? Because you have a new father. John chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. John 1, verse 11 to 12. He said, he came unto his own, his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. The day you become born again, you have a new father. Nobody may know your father's name. But the moment you are born again, you become a child of God. And your father, your new father, is called the Most High. Psalm 91 verse 1. Psalm 91 verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Your father is higher than the highest. I've told you the story before of four boys who were playing in the presidential lodge. And as usual, boys began to boast about their fathers. And the son of the prophet of the president said, My father is the, is the greatest because he's the head of state. The second boy said, but my father is greater than your father. He said, how can that be? He said, because my father is your father's physician. If he asks your father to stay in bed for one week, your father must obey. The third boy said, but my father is greater than your two fathers. He said, how come? He said, because my father is the witch doctor looking after your fathers. He can kill your fathers. And the fourth boy, whose father is a messenger, said, but my father is the greatest of all. They looked at him, they said, <laughs> everybody is talking and you are talking. He said, because my father not only can he kill, he can make a life. He said, we know your father. He said, no, you don't know my father. I'm talking about my father in heaven. He can kill, he can make a life. When you are born again, you become the son of the Most High God. Every born again child of God, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Like the man who spoke before me said, if you are born again, you bear his name. When you name a child, you name him after his father. And so you can use that name. You can use that name to, to clear obstacles. Ah, thank you, Father. The Lord said there's someone here who has been dreaming of coffins recently. Coffins of different sizes. Small, big. Medium. And you are worried. Daddy asked me to tell you the coffins are not for you or your family. <laughs> and not for you. 
Acts 11 verse 26. Acts 11 verse 26 says that followers of Jesus Christ were called Christians. In Antioch. Christian means someone belonging to Christ. You have your father's name. You are a child of God. You can use that name. And like the one who spoke before me said, it's a name that's above every other name. At the name of Jesus, all names must bow. And like he told you, I've told you a series of stories about the power in the name of Jesus Christ. Use it to cast out demons, etc., etc. I've told you the story of an American who wanted to come to our convention and decided to go via Kenya. He didn't get the visa of Nigeria before he got to Kenya. Went to the embassy and they sat him there for a long time. After hours, somebody in the embassy came to him and said, where do you say you are going anyway? He said, I'm going to a convention. Which convention? The convention of redeemed Christian children of God. Which redeem are you talking about? Of Pastor Adeboe, he said, ha. Ah. Why didn't you say that at the beginning? He said, wait. He went away, provided him with a big cup of tea, and brought him some sandwiches. And while he was eating, 15 minutes later, his visa was ready because he mentioned a name. Somebody who wants to be great, let me hear you shout, Jesus. When you are a Christian, the blood of Jesus is flowing through you. Because in John chapter 15, verse 5, John 15, verse 5, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. It is the blood that is flowing, the vine that flows in the branches. And there is tremendous power. In the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood, according to Revelation chapter 12, from verse 10 to 11. Revelation 12, verse 10 to 11, is a blood that guarantees you victory over Satan. So when you are born again, you have a new father. And so, because you are a child of the greatest, you must become great. And then, if you are a child of God because of your new father, it becomes easy for you to achieve greatness. Why? Because your father is the Almighty. In Jeremiah 32, verse 27, Jeremiah 32, verse 27, he said, I'm the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? In Luke verse 1, Luke chapter 1 verse 37, Luke chapter 1 verse 27, he said, For with God nothing shall be impossible. If God is your father, there's nothing you want to do that you cannot do. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Mark 9 verse 23, he said, If only you can believe. 
All things are possible for him that believes. I pray in the name that's above every other name. From now on, no more impossibilities for you. Your father had been existing before mountains. That is why he said in Mark 11, verse 22 to 23, Mark 11, 22 to 23, he said, you can command mountains to move, and they will move. Talking about achieving greatness, you can command mountains to move. Your father's dress healed the sick. Mark chapter 5. Thank you, Father. Oh, I want to say amen to this before I tell you. Because Daddy says there is someone here tonight. He said, if nobody else will help you, I will. Oh, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> I'm grateful, Lord. The Lord asked me to tell somebody, he said, I have told you before, relax. The storms will soon be over. Your father's dress healed the sick. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. Mark 5, 25 to 34. The woman with the issue of blood said, If I can just touch the hem of the garment of your daddy, he said, I'll be made whole. And he was made whole. And so your own handkerchiefs can heal the sick also. Acts chapter 19 from verse 11 to 12. Acts 19 verse 11 to 12. God performed special miracles by the hand of Paul. If he can do it through Paul, he can do it through you. You can achieve greatness. I've never forgotten the testimony of one of my daughters whose friend had cancer of the breast and she went there to the hospital. They were going to cut off the breast completely. He said, no, no problem. You, you do what you need to do, but uh, let me drop this handkerchief on her before you take her for surgery. He cried to the Almighty God. You're a miracle-working God. This handkerchief is coming from your son. Perform a miracle. They cut off the breast. Within three weeks, a brand new one grew. That God is your God. He's no respecter of persons. I told you before, I said very soon, you, my children, everywhere you go, miracles will begin to happen. 
Some of you thought it was a joke that I was talking sweet until you read about that girl in Akure about a month or so ago who caused pandemonium in the whole town because she just went about healing the sick. Your testimony will be greater than that. <laughs> you know, in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, Mark 4, 35 to 41, your dad decreed peace. There was a storm. They woke up your dad. He said, what's the trouble? They, ah, can't you see the storm we're about to draw? He said, okay, peace be still. And immediately, everything was calm. And you know, it is written in the Bible, Job 22, from verse 21 to 28. Job 22, from verse 21 to 28. He said, you too can decree a thing, and it will be established unto you. In John 14, verse 12, John 14, verse 12, he said, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do. It was Jesus who said so. And just like my son who spoke before me, he said, the beauty of it is that wherever you go, you carry the name of Jesus with you. You can't forget the name at home. Anywhere you are, the name is there. So when you face a mountain, you move it by using the name. And he told you stories about how uh, he commanded the plane not to move until he got in. And I heard the story, I, I smiled. Maybe because you didn't see me here, you didn't know I was listening to everything. Because I've told you the story before. I went to Ghana years ago, several years ago, finished what I was doing. My children escorted me to the airport. And I, since I was coming to Nigeria, my car would be waiting to take me home. I emptied my pocket. I gave them all the money I had. They left. And I went to sit down in the waiting room. And then they announced that the plane that was to take us to Nigeria will first of all take some people to Sierra Leone and then come back for us. I had no money on me and I was hungry. There's a difference between being hungry and fasting. And those of you who know me, when I fast, I fast. When I eat, I eat. I know some of you believe that I don't eat. All right. Invite me to your house. <laughs> Prepare real good pandadian with combination okra soup and put all manners of meat there. And in your dining room, you will see the glory of God. As a mountain will become a valley. I don't, I may not have money, but I have good appetite. Those of you who can eat, let me hear you shout hallelujah. (laughs) 
Those of you who cannot eat, from tonight on, what you'll be able to eat in Jesus' name. And so I was hungry. I had no money. I made a decree. I said, all the senior officials of Ghana Airways, you will have no rest until I leave this place. In Jesus' name. Few minutes later, every one of them in the senior something came rushing upstairs where we were sitting. Where are those going to Nigeria? We said, We are here. Has anybody given you something to eat? We said, No. We have no food except this cake. Half a cake is better than nothing. And they slashed the cake into pieces and gave each one of us one one slice. Because I was hungry, and they gave us a bottle of Coke. Because I was hungry, I finished that in, in a jiffy. And the leader of the team came to me and said, There's only one slice left. Do you want more? I said, Ah. He <laughs> gave me the last slice. And just as I was about to finish that, they said, the plane that was to go to Sierra Leone will go to Nigeria first. And I said, uh-huh, now you want to rest. Every obstruction to your greatness, I decree tonight, they be moved in Jesus' name. As for greatness being thrust upon you, all you need to do is read Acts of the Apostle chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. He said, you will receive power. After the Holy Ghost is come upon you. What is power? Power is ability to do work. Power is ability to achieve mighty things. I mean, like... Uh, Acts of the Apostle chapter 8 verse 5 to 8 Acts of the Apostle chapter 8 from verse 5 to 8 he talks about a young boy called Stephen he wasn't thinking of greatness he just joined the church and then he became filled with the Holy Spirit and they chose him to be an usher they called them decay now, but it was to distribute food. It was an usher. But then, situation came that moved him out of the city into Samaria. And he got there, and miracles began to happen. In the name that's above every other name. From tonight onward, everywhere you go, miracles will follow. So what am I trying to say? If you are a child of God, because your father is great, you are born to be great. You might be a little liar, like that beautiful song that the choir rendered. But one day you are going to be like your father, the big liar. 
So you must pursue greatness. Vigorously. Don't settle for anything less. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says you are to run with a vision. You must be willing to work hard for greatness. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. Proverbs 22 verse 29. He says, see that a man diligent in his business, he will stand before kings and not before me, man. You say, I can't see greatness around me. Hey, take the little you have and multiply it. You remember the story of the talents? Matthew chapter 25. Thank you, Father. The Lord said there is someone here who has been pursuing something for a long time. Ask me to tell you before the end of this year, you will say, at last. Almighty God, let that be me. Mm-hmm. Daddy asked me to explain something. You know the word wonderful is a combination of two words wonder and fool. And they wonder, <laughs> like somebody defined it years ago, he said the wonder is that which causes you to wonder. That's a very funny interpretation. But a wonder is actually that which causes you to open your mouth without wanting to. A wonder is something that causes you to say, ah, Daddy asked me to tell somebody that very, very soon a miracle is coming your way that will cause you to say, ah. (laughs) Pursue greatness. Vigorously. Like the brother who spoke before me said, be willing to pay the price for greatness. Refuse to die small. I've shared the story with you before of Esau. The day the father blessed his brother, 
The blessing that was meant for him went to the brother. When he came back, he said, ah, Father, you say you have blessed this fellow. I come and I stole him a blessing. He said, Papa said, yes. And his Papa said, and he shall be blessed. He said, okay. Have you no reserve? Don't you have reserved blessing? The father said, ah, I've already, made him, I've already made him your Lord. Don't you have anything left at all? <laughs> Don't you have a leftover blessing? The uh, father said, you're going to serve him. But uh, what do you say? When, when you are strong... You break the yoke off your neck. He said, fine. That's enough. And he ran with that remnant of blessing. He began to walk vigorously. He refused to die small. Years passed. Jacob, who ran away from home, was coming back. And he sent a message to his brother with all kinds of gifts. Go and tell my brother Esau, I'm coming back home. Hopefully with all these gifts, he will look at me with favor. And those people came back and they said, (laughs) your brother is coming. And he's coming with 400 bodyguards. Uh, Jacob said, I'm finished. It was Jacob who had the big blessing. Esau got only a remnant. But the day Jacob had that Esau was coming, it was Jacob who was trembling. Not Esau. I decree today that all those who think you will never become great will see you coming and they will tremble. <laughs> Esau came and he said, what are, what's the meaning of all these uh, goats and sheep? And Oh, uh, Jacob said... Uh, they are for you, sir, so that you can favor me. He looked at him and said, oh, I have enough. Keep your own. <laughs> everyone who thought you were going to come to them begging in the name that's above every other name, you will tell them, I have more than you. You must work for greatness. You have to work hard, work hard, work hard. I've told you my story again and again. One of these days, some of you will come and visit me at home in my village, and you will see for yourself. I looked at my situation. 
My father was so poor, poor people called him poor. And yet he had two wives and many children. I looked at the farm. This farm that wasn't enough to support my father, when he dies, they're going to divide it among us. Made up my mind, I refuse to die in poverty. Whatever it's going to cost. And I knew that the only way out was to study. And if I can just study. <laughs> I studied. I gained admission to Elisha Grammar School. My mother, when the result came, said, called me inside the room. I said, you boy, what, what are you trying to do? You want to expose us to ridicule? You know, we had no money. You say you want to go to the grammar school? He said, please, my boy. Christmas is coming. I will buy you a good dress. Forget about this. Uh, I said, ah, I don't want Christmas dress. I want to go to school. He said, we have no money. I said, you will find the money. I'm talking of 1955. So you know how young I must be. I told her I will not eat until you pay my deposit. She thought I was joking. First day I didn't eat anything. Second day I refused to eat. By the third day, since I happened to be the only son she had, uh, between her and my father, they got the money for deposit. And I kept on. Truth by, by one method or the other, I finished secondary school. I then gained admission into the university. And uh, one school in Ondo uh, State said, we will sponsor you to go and study but we, we, they said they needed somebody for mathematics, not... English was my best subject. But they said they don't need English. They wanted somebody for mathematics. I said, I'm good in mathematics too. So they, say, so they said they would sponsor me for mathematics. But after my school, I must come back and serve them for five years. I said, no problem. I, I graduated. I went. I started serving. After two and a half years, I became restless. I'm getting old. I don't want to start with BSc. So I gained admission for MSc. I begged them, let me go for master's. After master's, I will come back and finish my bond. They never believed me. I came to the University of Lagos, finished my master's, ran back to go and serve them. And I became an embarrassment to them because... I have a bigger degree than my principal. They never thought I would come back. After another one and a half years, I said, please, let me go and finish my PhD. I will come back. They said, go, don't come back. <laughs> you will be great. 
that you must be willing to pay the price. I told you before, I was reading the Bible one day and I came across 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31, where it says, Covet earnestly the best gifts. Oh. So I'm allowed to be covetous when it comes to spiritual gifts. Ah. I lifted my voice to the Almighty God. I said, Father, I want double the portion of the anointing of Elisha plus double the portion of the anointing of Peter plus double the anointing of Paul plus double the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was here. Add everything together and double it again. And God said to me, and he will speak to you tonight. He said, my son, you have asked for a dangerous thing. If I give you what you are asking for, they won't let you rest. I said, that's a good problem. Just double the anointing. Let me ask you tonight, how great do you want to be? Ordinarily great. Very great. Extremely great. May God grant your request. I'm about to close with something I shared with those who came to Holy Communion last night. I told them, I said, when there is a state function and it is time for entertainment, they want some people to go to, you know, the head of states should go to a particular place. And then maybe the governors and so on will go to another place. And then maybe commissioners uh, will go to another place. And then they will say, all others. <laughs> you, you say where you are, we'll give you something to carry home. I told them, I said, when you go to some of these functions, because I know some of you have never been, but very soon, they'll be inviting you. <laughs> that on your invitation cards, they put some letters so that when the time comes to separate <laughs> the great from the small, it will be easy. On some invitation card, they put letter C. On some, they put letter B. And then on some, they put letter A. So when you get a card with letter A, you feel, ah, I'm important. 
until you see a card with letter A A. <laughs> then you see that A passes A. And at times you see a card with letter A A A. What kind of card do you want? <laughs> Let me hear you shout hallelujah. Before you pray. Because I'm, I'm convinced beyond all doubts. The God who gave me the theme for tonight has something in store for you. Please, when you become great, don't forget God. Because we are going to be great. There's nothing the devil can do about it now. When you become great, don't forget God. Solomon was born great. He achieved greatness. But at the end of his life, he said, vanity upon vanity. All is vanity. King Saul, he wasn't born great. But he had greatness thrust upon him. But when he became great, he forgot God and ended up a madman. It is the end that matters. When you become great, please don't forget God. I want you to write down the following prayer points so that you can talk to God tonight. Number one. I want you to thank the Almighty God for loving you, for saving your soul, and for bringing you into His family. Thank God for loving you for saving your soul and for bringing you into his family. And then number two, you will lift your voice to him and say, Father, please, don't let me sell my birthright. I'm born to be great. Don't let me sell my birthright of greatness. Number three, you say, Father, please help me to achieve greatness. That you plan for me 
Help me to achieve the greatness that you plan for me. Everything I need to become great, please make available. Number four, Father, please anoint me mightily. For superior greatness. Not ordinary greatness, superior greatness. Number five. Say, Father, please, when I do become great. Don't let me disappoint you. When I do become great, Father, don't let me disappoint you. Number six, Father, let me end well. Let me end well. And number seven is your own individual request. The altar is open. I'm going to give you an opportunity for 30 good minutes tonight to cry to the Almighty God on these points that I've listed for you. Thank Him for loving you, saving you, receiving you into His family. Ask Him not to allow you to sell your birthright of greatness. Ask him to help you achieve greatness that he planned for you. Ask him to anoint you mightily for superior greatness. Ask him to help you so that when You become great, you won't disappoint him. Ask him to help you so that you can finish well. Talk to the Lord now. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In the name that's above every other name, I hereby decree, you shall be great.
you shall be very great. You will reach the top. Your children will be greater than you. Physically, you shall be great. Materially, you shall be great. Spiritually, you shall be great. And you will finish well. In your greatness, you will not disappoint God. Everything you need to be extraordinarily great, God will release to you. He will anoint you for greatness. And you will use your greatness to serve God. So shall it be. You won't die small. My God will answer your prayers. You will sing a new song. Every obstruction to your greatness, God himself will destroy. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Well, let somebody shout hallelujah. God bless you. You can go back to your seats. Praise you, Lord. 
haven't laid hands on you then you find the nearest pastor to you that we have to continue now is anyone here tonight who has been blessed anyone who wants to say thank you Jesus good so let's take our offering thanksgiving offering very quickly Clearly, there is a link between greatness and prosperity. The Bible says God has blessed Abraham greatly in silver, in gold, in cattle. The Bible said Isaac's wax great went forward grew until he became very great. He said because he had not only flocks of all kinds, the Bible said he even has stores of servants. He has servants so many that they were being stored. The Bible said the Shunammite woman was a great woman. She was wealthy. You're going to be wealthy also in Jesus' name. So you're going to lift your offering to the Almighty God and say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, let me become great materially. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. Through this offering, let me access material greatness. Let me have more than enough so I can lend to nations. Let me become great materially also. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. So with joy in our hearts, dancing the great of uh, the dancing of great people. You dance to the nearest basket, you drop your offering, and then we'll have the closing prayer before you're on your way home. Over to you, Ben. Thank you. Ah, o 
seyan lorun iwo lo je ke waye fomida iya to je mi o je ko je mi gbe o baba o se o apo mo ma weyin oluse kun fun ni olorun iwo ni iwo lo gbe mi ro eniyan o le se yi o afiwo ah o gbe mi soke gogoro osu barere o baba Eyi ni mo se siro fun titi opo ori mi o pe nipati mo ro ise iyanu mo ri pe o ga o ga e ga nipati mo ro ise iyanu re maye mi pe o ga mo ri pe o ga Money, Latino, or you, Titi, Domo, ah, Bamo, Alomo, I want that when you pay you go by me. Ah, Morocco, Dele, or Lodi, I want to see your friend, why you are, ah, Baba, or Sammy, or a ray, you laugh away. Latin, a coro, Titi, Domo, you say, or Sammy, Titi mo fi wa dagba lagba Jesu igba ti mo ro ise yanu re laye mi mo wa ri pe o ga o upo oya lanu korin igba ti mo ro ise yanu re laye mi mo ri pe o ga o ga o ri pe o ga o ri pe o ga baba igba ti mo ro igba ti mo ro Thank you, Lord. Now, some people have asked, the convention is coming. Everybody is going to be fed by the special grace of God, no matter how many millions. So they say, how can we contribute? Well, if you want to contribute towards the feeding during the convention, you are free to. You can do it by cash. You can do it by kind. How much cash? Depends on your strength. From a hundred naira to a hundred billion. I thought somebody would say amen to that. You can send in cows and rice. You say, how many cows do we need? Well, I think last year we were able to manage with about a thousand cows per day. So this year will be much more. You can send in cows, you can send in goats, you can send in chicken, you can send in fish, you can send in rice, you can send in yams, you can send in bread, and you can send in money. Let us pray. My Father, my God, I want to thank you very, very much for what you have done for us tonight. 
I know that the greatness of your children is now settled. Father, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Please bless their offering, sanctify it, and use it for your glory. I pray that all these your children will be mightily great materially. I pray that none of us will ever beg for money again. And now, as you go, the Almighty God will go with you. He will keep you. He will protect you. He will defend you. He will promote you. And by the time we meet again, your testimonies will be many. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Who got the biggest miracle tonight? Shout the biggest hallelujah. Hallelujah.